With the inception and traction that blockchain and crypto has gathered, the world is possibly on the verge of the largest evolution since the mainstream of the internet. Given the fluidity and dynamic nature of this technology, business leaders, enthusiasts, and veterans all need to band together to navigate the current and upcoming storms. Participants in Web 3.0 want a trusted resource that gives them pertinent information about projects, tokens, technology, and businesses. We are business people talking the business of crypto. We are Y Whales. Morning, good afternoon, good evening, Y Whales, wherever in the world you are today. Um, super excited about, about our conversation today. We've got Mr. Corey Whitaker here today with ENS. Um, but but right now, let's always kind of make sure we understand where we are in the market. Uh, it is November 15th, 2022. Uh, mm-hmm. We are literally uh, maybe about 10 days uh, post FTX current implosion. Uh, Sam Bakeman is is still running around uh, the Bahamas in his mansion, uh, sending so- all sorts of cryptic tweets. Uh, money is randomly moving uh, around in there. Mm-hmm. And so essentially what you have is chaos in the industry. No one knows what's safe. No one knows where things are going. Um, and so I'd say from an overall macro perspective, um, <laughs> you know, the buildings, there's a lot of smoke pouring out the windows. Yes. Uh, and we're just trying to figure out where the fires are so we can, we can deal with those appropriately. Um, that being said, you know, it doesn't change a lot of business models. Uh, blockchain has held perfect. I mean, I, I would say every blockchain technology has executed exactly uh, as designed. The failures we're seeing in the system are, are kind of the meat puppets. Um, it's it's the humans and, and some really egregious, uh, we'll, we'll know by the time this recording goes live, we'll probably know more about that. Um, but at, at, at the forefront, it sounds like some pretty egregious fraud and, and, and felony charges coming down the pipe uh, for Sam and his team. That being said, that's where we are today. Corey, how are you doing, yeah. sir? Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm great, Jay. And it's, uh, you know, we, we scheduled this or tr- tried to schedule this a long time ago. So I'm, I'm happy to be, to be chatting with you. And, and, and kudos to you and thinking about why whales bringing the community together and starting something from nothing i I think it's providing so much value for for all of us so uh, thank you for for what you're doing man no, fabulous. And, and, you know, Corey, for yeah. you, as well as anyone that's listening, uh, you know, always, uh, if you're on YouTube, please go ahead and feel free to subscribe. Uh, this is content we put out about three to five of these a week, uh, as well as we're over on Spotify and Apple Music and all sorts of others. But Corey, let's go yeah. ahead and, and start with a little bit of background. So before we get to what you're doing today, where did you come from and how'd you end up here today? Sure, sure. So I, I always like to start by letting people know I am from Jamaica, from the island of Jamaica. And you know, my, my family, we started coming here to the U.S. in the, in the early 80s. Uh, first stop was Michigan. Second stop was Southern California. And that's where, uh, where I grew up. You know, I was just remembering this morning, Jay. Uh, I think this was in 91 or 92. My local town newspaper had this competition called Easy Street. Hmm. And um, it was like this, this sweepstakes. You get to answer some questions and then you'd be able to, uh, to win a prize. And so one week I decided we were going to win this easy street uh, competition. So I thought to myself, okay, who is reading the paper? How many people are reading paper? How many people are going to answer these, these questions and answering them correctly? How many people were going to follow instructions? So I thought, you know what? I think I can win this. So every day that week I, I, I filled out these forms, answered these questions, um, and then submitted <laughs> our, our, the, 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 to the contest. And sure enough, we won. $5,000. So my mom, my sister, and I, we showed up at the local paper, took the picture holding the big check. And with that check, we purchased the first family computer. And if, if you're a big deal, right? Big deal for us. And uh, for, for those of us who are a little long in the tooth, you remember the days of X modem, Y modem, Z modem, the oh, importance yeah. of baud rates and what have you. So I, I was early on BBSs. Um, and then CompuServe. Prodigy, back, back back in uh, back in those days, you know. So, um, I've always been an, an earlier adopter in the in the tech space. So, you, so do you, term, do you remember? Yeah. Do you remember if you were more into Prodigy or CompuServe? Because this that was like the big yes. deal back in the day. Yeah, I think I was more of a of a CompuServe guy. That's where the good yeah. nerds were. That's all the good yeah. nerds were over CompuServe. <laughs> right, right. Um, but after uh, after college, my background has been in uh, business and education, and sort of the the nexus of the of the two uh, here in the states. 
in K through 12 education and then higher education. You know, so when people hear that I have an education background, you know, some, they have this picture in their mind of me sitting crisscross applesauce, reading books to children, which is, which is fun, but that's not actually what, what, what was happening. Uh, so in the higher ed space, I was involved in governance, um, and working on enrollment management, which is essentially marketing to, to students, uh, increasing the market, the, the yield of the marketing, helping to onboard these students' customers, uh, providing them a great experience and allowing them to, to achieve their particular goals. And then governance um, with, with higher ed. And then in the K-12 through space, uh, I ran a network of schools across, uh, across the, the country, um, public charter schools. And with that work, you know, it's, it's, it's contracts, uh, spending a lot of time with bankers, lawyers, policy, procedure, mission, vision, values, you know, hundreds of people, uh, uh, ton, hundred, uh, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars of, of commercial real estate. Um, but, uh, just, just, uh, a lot of work. So, yeah. And, yeah. and, and what a journey dealing with that age group. Um, yeah. and, and what's funny in, in my experience, and you can, I would love to hear yours. Um, that age group yeah. is the same. Doesn't matter what generation, they all deal with the mm-hmm. same problems, the same issues, the same cycles, the same phases. Um, the clothes mm-hmm. and, the, and the toys may be a little different, but in the same sense, mm-hmm. it is you know how do you how do you capture the imagination of of these um, humans that are that are coming of age? Yeah, yeah, and with the school system, I, I think we need to do a much better job of meeting students where they are, tapping into their natural potential, and not squashing it. And allowing them to 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 explore, you know. But we 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 tend to put folks in in these boxes and push them through our agenda instead of finding out what moves them, uh, what drives them, and what their unique passions, talents, and abilities are. You know, and and, and hopefully these things will fix themselves um, uh, over over time here in the states. So while I was doing that work. Um, in the in the nighttime, I was at DGen. <laughs> no, Jay, do you remember Eagold? Yes. Oh God, yes. Yeah. I mean, way long ago. Yes. Yeah. Like yes. twenty years ago, e-, e Palladium. Right. Yeah. So I was I was fooling around with that, and so when crypto started to come on the scene, as I mentioned, typically I'm an early adopter, but because of my experience with with Eagold and electronic precious metals, I was like, you know what, I'm I'm not going to deal with that now, but eventually got interested in the technology, distributed ledger technology, and the potential um, of that. And uh, decided as I was making my, my career transition, and a lot of us in YPO, we go through periods of times where we move from one organization to another to figure out our next step. And I was determined to get into, um, into this space. So I winded up at Circle uh, Internet Financial, USDC, and led a research and sourcing initiative in the talent organization, and um, and then saw that ENS was looking for a leader, an executive director. So uh, one thing led to another, and 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 here I am. You're you're the you've you've gone the full circle of, of DGen from educator uh, to, <laughs> to you know being full time in blockchain. Um, real yeah. quick before we kind of jump into ENS, and and I want to talk to you a little bit about you know the, the current generation that we have today. Uh, which, okay, which is yeah. the millennials and the Gen Zs that are that are coming of age, and I, I always like to say that that blockchain technology Web three is really designed for for that younger millennial, um, you know, and, and Gen Z because they're the ones that a decade from now are going to be the ones entering the workforce, and these will be just commonalities, like the concept of of a of a, a internet domain um, back in our mm-hmm. early days when we had to build our own modems. I mean, there was yep. you know yep. it was very like hard for most people to understand like. Getting online was a challenge, and it was it was yes. a um, it was not a right. It was a it was an yes. exercise, and could you get it done? Yeah. Um, it was a quest. Yes. Oh, I, I, I remember. And again, the concepts of that we dealt with prior to to domain names and, and actual DNS, you know, kind of bringing all this stuff together, yeah. was sticky yeah. notes on the side of your monitor with I, either yeah. it wasn't even IP addresses most of the time. It was phone numbers because you had to dial mm-hmm. in to a specific modem. That's and right. And I feel. Yeah, now you remember how. Listen, there you go. We yes. can, we can, date, our, we can oh. date ourselves based on on how we remember Web One. How yeah. now that I bring back those memories to you, how similar is Web Three today to early '90s Web One? Yes, you know, I I would say it is it is so similar in that 
people are trying to to figure it out, finding their way into this space and trying to figure out what what it means, how to use it, how to access it. You know, uh, back in the day, trying to find the right modem, trying to search for BBSs that could get you the information that you wanted. Like, how, how do you how how were we able to search for information back at, back in those days? It was just hunt and peck, yeah. trial and error, you know? And I think right now people are experiencing the same thing in Web3 because there's not a steady, uh, predictable on-ramp. We all come to the space from, from different angles. So that's a huge opportunity that I, I want to discuss with you, you later. But, but the on-ramp um, is, a, is a problem to be solved. It, it's the lack of a common language. It's it's if mm-hmm. you have people speaking you know a, a hundred different languages which they are you have the you have Ethereum you've got you know Solana yeah. you've got all these different chains um, yeah. you've got so many different on ramps and, and just utter chaos because what what you know something means to one person is entirely you know means something to someone else and there's no unifying right. you know commonality between those two so people have said for a while right. that you know Web three is in its beanie baby phase and I I, I disagree mm-hmm. we're we're, we're mm-hmm. in our pre AOL phase we we still have have not mm-hmm. found commonality because the other point that I, you know, to remind you about is if you were on CompuServe and I was on Prodigy and we both had yeah. electronic email, we yeah. couldn't email each other back and forth. Prodigy email right. was Prodigy email and CompuServe email was CompuServe email way back in the day initially. Right. And it was kind of America right. Online and everyone else that bridged those gaps and says, we don't care who you're with. You can email right. to anyone and everyone. And that's, that's that moment that we have not seen yet. Right, right. And it's funny when you think about the CompuServe email address, if you remember what they look like, 744-13.567 at CompuServe.com. We are in that space right now with our cryptocurrency addresses. No, there was no selecting your email address. There was no picking a handle. It's it's like, here's a randomly assignable thing to add to your sticky note collection on the side of your your, monitor that weighs 150 pounds uh, and does three colors. So, so right. Corey, let's let's dive into because because I you know for full disclosure I, I use ENS uh, I, I have uh, you, anyone can go to uh, yWales-CEO dot ETH and and you can look at all of my horrible trades and all of the the random <laughs> NFT collectibles that I have uh, and I keep them publicly yeah. there for for that obvious reason that I want I want people to kind of see uh, the stupid things I do and, and learn from mistakes that we all make but but talk right. about, about about a lot about the uh, the the mission and vision of of where uh, ENS is today yeah yeah so where we were five years ago so Nick Johnson our founder uh, incubated ENS at the Ethereum Foundation and then. Um, and then launched it. But the, the initial goal was to map human readable names onto your cryptocurrency um, addresses. Right? And our, our goal is to be, and we are now, foundational technologies, a foundational protocol for the future of Web3 um, and beyond. And what I've been speaking about a lot lately is, especially with our current environment, simplicity, safety, security. You know, when you think about using cryptocurrency address and exchanging value, um, the process of copy and pasting hexadecimal addresses into various fields, that, that's just fraught with potential for, for error. So we, we secure that process, make it much more simple. You know, it's J.ETH versus your long, your long hexadecimal address. So the first use case was being able to, uh, to, to map human readable names onto onto crypto addresses. And as you've seen, particularly on Twitter, it's sort of morphed into your identity. Yep. So there are uh, thousands of people using their .eth as a handle um, in their, their Twitter address. And as you also stated, you know, displaying their NFTs and displaying their, 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 their digital um, collectibles. And your trades, you know, yeah. if, if, if you choose to display your, your trades, it's out there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And there, there's so many other things that you can, that you can do with your, your, your ENS domain, you know, um, on the identity space, of course, your, your handle, you can add an avatar to your, uh, to your ENS domain. Um, and any particular text records that you want to add to that domain as well. It's, it's like, um, your, your, your profile page and your, um, Almost like a like a phone book, if you will. So you can go to someone's um, ENS domain and see where they um, where they hang out, what their email address is, Twitter handle, Reddit, 
GitHub, uh, you name it. It's just a central place to, to store these, uh, these things. It, it, it's and, the DNS. Yeah. Of it's the ENS, but think of it as the DNS, the the distributed uh, name service of traditional web web one one two, which is when you type mm-hmm. in someone's name, um, you don't you know if they if they transition and this is a point of clarification for the for the audience. Yeah. Um, if you type in um, you know Corey and Corey has a, a website there, and he decides to move from Squarespace uh, to to a different hosting provider, goes from you know Amazon S three to Azure. Um, nobody needs care about the backend scene of what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, they just care that, that this is the validated, verified Corey.com for his Web 1, Web 2 um, websites and, and anything else. Um, where he where he hosts is, is irrelevant. And, and so you've replicated that um, over here in Web 3, where wallets get compromised, things happen all the time. Um, you know, you just want to make sure that, 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 that somebody verifies and identifies, you know, who you are, um, based on yes. that token that, that resides on their wallet. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's, uh, that's right. And, um, if you saw recently, um, crypto.com, uh, apparently had a situation where they sent over 300 ETH to the wrong address. That is a, a prime Impressive. example of, of, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a prime example of of, of, of one of the, the issues in cut and pasting your uh, your, your hexadecimal addresses. Because I guarantee what happened, it's either a controller, a VP of finance, or the CFO with with that amount highlighted, right? Copied an address that that was whitelisted. They thought it was um, it was the right destination. Click send and it's gone. Imagine yep. if it wasn't a white a whitelisted address, it would have been gone. That would not happen with an ENS domain. There would be a name, a human readable uh, identifier, and it just prevents the, the kind of errors that you see um, happening. Because we've all have lost funds, sent funds to the wrong address. Well, and, and and things happen and change all the time. I mean, the yeah. the the concepts. Uh, there's so many safeguards that exist in TradFi, Corey, as, as you can explain. You know, when yeah. when one company's wiring another, it's it's common practice uh, to make a phone call, <laughs> to call and say, mm-hmm. "Hey, I'm getting ready to wire. I just want to reread back. You know, you you faxed me over, or emailed me over some wire instructions. I want to confirm this because it's a series yeah. of numbers, and humans just are not great with numbers, but we're really good mm-hmm. with names, and we're really good right. with with seeing things that are validated. And so, if if when we own YWales.eth. Um, and so mm-hmm. it's very easy for us to say when people are sending in funds or to do anything else to just why Now there's times that we move that around, um, because basically, you know, there, there's wallets that, that we don't want, uh, exposed or there's wallets that we do want exposed. And so we can move yep. that around from to different, uh, different wallet addresses. Um, yes. but it doesn't, at the, for the consumers over, they don't care. It doesn't matter. Right. They just know why right. is, and it, and it gets to where it's going. We control that on the back end, which is Really, the way it should be. Um, right, you know, think right. about think about if you had to abandon an email address every time you wanted to to make a new one. Um, you, right. know, you, you can migrate your anything and everything. So migration's a, a key factor here. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing that you can do with the, with uh, your ENS address is subdomains. Right? Yes. So depending on the type of transaction that you that you want to um, to enter into, um, of course, you could it could be personalized j um, you can have uh, nfts.ywales.eth, um, banking.ywales.eth, but any number of, of subdomains, depending on how you want to manage your, your financial life on, on chain, uh, yeah, that's another way you can use them as well. I love it. So um, right, talk about the status of where things are today. Can you talk about mm-hmm. how many users you have, how many domains you, you've, yeah. you've minted, and, and a little bit of those, some stats, if you can come up with them off the top of your head? Completely yeah, unprepared. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so right now, um, and and for those of you uh, who who don't know, you can go to ens.domains and purchase a domain. It's five dollars per per year. Um, last year, in twenty twenty one, revenues were over twenty six million. This year, so far, revenues are over fifty two million. So we'll probably end end the year around fifty five. And all of these funds go to the DAO. So that's another thing we can talk about, the, the ENS DAO, which is responsible for governing the protocol. Um, we have over 600,000 um, individual users now, which is just tremendous, uh, tremendous growth. And um, 
registrations, we are, let's want to make sure I get the right number for you here. Yeah, no, you're, you're, yeah, you're, we're, you're it's like to... two point, yeah, it's like 2.7 million that's domains huge. registered. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's a really interesting number. <clears throat> And the reason that's a really interesting number is there's less than one 1.2 million Ethereum addresses that have one or more ETH in them. So, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. You're, we're seeing an adoption of and and kind of that front running of people going, oh, these are going to be big. Um, that's right. You know, this this is important. This is something that I want to go ahead and, and brands, whether or not they're on, you know, brands and people that may or may not already be in Web three, going ahead and saying, I'm not going to screw up and have to go buy my .dot com for for ten thousand ten thousand dollars or whatever the case is. Let's go ahead and secure these now. Um, do, do you right. feel like that's a, a little bit of what's happening? Yeah, absolutely. And going back to our, our conversation earlier about what happened in Web 1 and Web 2, those of us who are around, we're pattern matching now and we realize. So you, you hear the, the language in terms of early. We talk about this being early because we know what's, what's, we have an idea as to what's next and what's, what's coming next. But we are seeing a, a sort of a gold rush, if you will, with people um, understanding and anticipating the value of a dot E and um, buying up domains, you know, uh, so definitely, definitely seeing that. So one of the, uh, the things that, that has been supercharging the growth is the community. Um, so I don't know if you've seen on Twitter, but the ENS community is extremely passionate, extremely involved, and uh, they have been the source of our growth and success over the last several years because uh, before now we haven't really had any uh, concerted PR and marketing efforts. It's all being community driven, uh, which has been amazing. So you've got growth, which is which is yeah. huge. So so currently kind of heading into this this bear market. Um, I, I think unfortunately the FTX uh, implosion is going to cause a, a mild winter. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and and by winter I mean like. There's just lack of interest from the outside, outside of our kind of yeah. our bubble that we live in, to want to get yeah. into Web three. So I think there's going to be yeah. a little bit of cooling off period now through the end of the year until we understand where things are. But but hearing about the adoption and growth of ENS is entirely mm-hmm. contrary to what we're seeing mm-hmm. over on the cryptocurrency market, which is um, which is not Web three. Cryptocurrencies are you know I I. I I think they're cool. I think they're amazing, but I don't. I don't know if if truly kind of meme coins are the future of commerce. Yeah, um, right. But what is the future of, of Web three is is verifiable on chain identity. Um, mm-hmm. What are some of the concepts you guys are playing with that kind of expand beyond just wallet identification? Yeah, yeah. So that is wallet identification is uh, definitely the the major one of the major use cases right now. Another thing that we're seeing. And a challenge is how do you communicate from uh, wallet to wallet? So I've been having a lot of conversations with, with startups working on wallet to wallet messaging, wallet to wallet communications. You know, uh, how many times have you sent something or received something and that you have no idea until you check your OpenSea or you know check your Ether scan? <clears throat> um, so, so the ability to communicate is is definitely um, something that uh, that is coming down the pipeline. Um, Another thing is, if you, how do we get the traditional finance sector um, and Web2 into this, this, this space as well? One of the things that I think is necessary, and with the events of the last couple of weeks, it's, it's, it's just going to happen, a more robust KYC regime. Yep. I, I think we're, we're going to have to get to a place where um, know your customer, know your business, um, from from an on chain on chain perspective, so I do see ENS playing a role in that um, in that space as well um, for verifiable credentials, verifiable identity, um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to to going down going down yeah. that that route. Mm-hmm. I love it. So let's take a second and talk about your DAO. Um, I, I think yeah. that DAOs are, are one of the most fascinating parts of, of Web three. Um, we, we've seen the rise and fall of of some really amazing, you know, kind of you know. Rocket ships uh, that were built over the last two years on on DAO technology, but but the technology is very early. Um, yes. A community like what you're speaking about that's powered by a DAO is a very different thing. Um, talk about yes. the relationship with uh, of your DAO and kind of how how you guys uh, work together. Yes, yes. So the DAO just had its one year anniversary last week. 
right? Uh, so we had a nice little little celebration um, with with everyone involved. Uh, but the Ethereum name service protocol is governed by the DAO. We are the core team at ENS Labs, so we're responsible for developing the protocol, supporting the DAO, and a bunch of other um, other other functions. So there are a couple work groups in the DAO. There's a meta governance group, and that is akin to the governance committee of a of a of a board. Um, you have a, a public goods working group and an ecosystem working group, and the meta governance group sort of oversees what's happening with the protocol, looking into the treasury management. Um, and just making sure that DAO is working well. The ecosystem group, a lot of activity is, is happening there. And, you know, I'll, I'll share some of the stuff in the, in the Discord, what have you, later. But there are so many entrepreneurs, developers working and building on top of, of, of ENS. And so the ecosystem working group supports these entrepreneurs with grants, Hmm. Um, and funds. So we, we have a very robust uh, grant-making um, regime happening right now through the ecosystem uh, working group. And then the, the public goods group is thinking about how do we take what we've been blessed with to serve the, the broader uh, broader community, right? Um, so these are the, the three core functions um, of the DAO. There's a forum where there's a lot of conversations, a lot of ideas happening, uh, a lot of passionate uh, debate and in discussion. Um, but it, it's one of the more uh, well-functioning and, and performing DAOs. And our governance lead, Alicia.eth, has done a phenomenal job of, of supporting the DAO and the stewards. That's amazing and awesome. And I, I love yeah. hearing that because, you know, DAO participants are really, you know, the next generation's version of shareholders, um, yes. you know, mm-hmm. and, 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 and there's a lot of three-letter agencies that would like to have a conversation about what that looks like. Um, but but right. the core concept is there and it's sound and solid. And, and actually, I believe it's, it's, it's a better model than what we currently see with the, the broker shareholder model. Um, but we have mm-hmm. a lot of technology and a lot of kind of governance to, to get there um, in, the, in the long and short term. Yeah. When, so when, we'll continue... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, please. I was going to say, yeah, we're, we're going to continue to experiment with uh, the DAO toolkit. Um, and and I, I think if you're looking for DAOs and what they will look like in the future, the ENS DAO is a, is a great place to look for um, best practices and, and what have you. Love it. So, so real quick, let's let's do some uh, competitive analysis. Um, so, there's ENS, and then there's uh, one of your competitors called uh, Unstoppable Domains. I've I've used both, um, and the domains that I, I buy from ENS, I use the domains I buy from Unstoppable. I I don't know why, but they're something's not not there, and I'm sure it's a user error. But what's the bigger differentiator kind of between the two of you guys? Because it's it's a little bit of the fishing in the same pond. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Web three domains, and there's several other protocols now that are that are creating Web three domains um, with the idea of of making it simpler to to transact um, value. I think one of the the, the differentiators is that um, we are, you know, we're, we're sort of first um, in the in the space, and we focus on um, dot ETH. However, we have the ability to convert. Any number of DNS domains into an ENS domain. Mm. So many people don't know, but you can convert your .coms to have the same functionality as an ENS domain. Your .com, mm. your .io, your .xyz, your .art. Uh, so there are uh, th- there's just so much more that you can do with an ENS domain um, versus some of the other uh, domain services out there. That's very cool. So so the yeah. process and, is so if I wanted to take whywhales.com. And turn yep. it into an ENS domain. What what extra functionality would I get? Yep. So you'd be able to use it just like uh, just like your .eth. So okay. just like how you want to send Ethereum to a particular address, you can use your j.com or ywills.com, just like you would use your .eth. So um, that's one of the the cool and unique features uh, that we that we have. The other thing that I think differentiates us as well is that. We see ourselves as a public good. We want to be foundational, cornerstone technology for everyone, and that's why we're we're governed by a DAO. You know, we want this to be a perpetual, um, sustainable organization, no matter who is here and, and who's in who's in these seats. You know, uh, we're we're not venture backed. 
um, were, were, were funded by the Dow. And yeah, I think we, we do have a sort of public goods type mindset here. And in the future, I do want to see how we can work with towns and municipalities, governments, um, on identity solutions as well. Love that. Great, great, great answer. So let's go ahead and um, let's, let's pivot to a little bit of current events because I, and, 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 and so we can, we can go ahead and take off the, the ENS hat and let's go into yeah. um, Corey, kind of the, the web three, web three degen. You, you have a lot of experience in the space. <laughs> you've, you've worked in and out of the regulatory space um, yeah. for, for a while. I mean, you also understand kind of adoption and, and web one. How are you feeling? Um, let's just go ahead and talk about the FTX implosion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The poster boy, truly one of the the largest poster boys of crypto, uh, mm-hmm. is turning out to be a, an entire massive scam um, with yeah. with with clear indicative ties to to government officials around the world. Yeah, yeah. Jay, I. I'm just, I'm disappointed. You know, that's, that's a huge feeling that I have. We don't have any assets on FTX. I think I use FTX once to on ramp because I was using star Atlas to put some soul on it. Um, but yeah, I, I have feelings of, of disappointment because so many different uh, places in business and government had the ability to check and balance this institution and it failed. And then it puts a black eye on our our whole industry. And we're all working so hard to build the future to, you know, present the industry in a positive light. And like we keep getting hit over and over again. And someone that was elevated to be so trusted uh, to have this type of fall, you know, is is just extremely, um, uh, yeah, extremely disappointing. But I think about the the Dejan culture and how, you know, some of us are really quick to try and ape into projects um, without doing the due diligence. That's a problem. And I think in, on this occasion, we, we saw this happen with VCs. They aped into this, thinking, thinking that we're riding the next wave. It, and you know? these are not these are not inexperienced VCs. I mean, you're talking, about, you're, you're talking about Sequoia yeah. Capital. You're, you're talking yes. about some of the largest, yes. most like the due diligence that needs to be done. It, it is is I mean for anyone that doesn't understand the space when when you go out and you're saying I'm raising at a ten billion dollar valuation thirty billion dollar mm-hmm. valuation um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of conversations that that are happening and a lot of documents that are going back and forth um, yeah. I, you know looking at uh, let's let's go back to web one the reason why web mm-hmm. one built was built out the way it was um, is because there were some very forgiving regulations and regulatory mm-hmm. body, regulatory bodies such as ICANN that showed up and said, "Hey guys, that's cool. You're all doing a bunch of random things. Here's the here's some standards of which we're all going to integrate and operate with to make sure that you know a dot com is a dot com is a dot com. Um, yeah. You know, do we?" Web3 has always been kind of like, we don't need regulatory device. We mm-hmm. don't need regulation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I, I'm starting to believe that, that we do. And, yeah. and I don't, I, I, but I want to, you know, put an asterisk there that I think it needs to be common sense um, yes. and, and, and come from people that truly do understand where the, individ, where the uh, uh, entity is today and where it's going, you know, over the next few years mm-hmm. in asset class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think our current regulatory regime, or lack thereof, here in the U.S., like allow this this to happen with X, FTX and a lot of other firms that are going offshore because mm-hmm. of uncertainty here domestically. Like that's one of the things that has to happen in order for the industry to be able to continue to grow and thrive. I I do think we need some common sense, reasonable, rational um, regulation here. You know, um, I think that can that can only help us. To think that we can operate completely without any KYC or, or KYB, that's just not not reasonable, you know. Um, I, I, yeah. I, you know, and, and on the conversation, I think it's entirely okay for there to be the dark net. I, I think that there mm-hmm. is a, an yeah. allowance for, you know, to be anonymous. Yeah. I think there's, there's, there's definitely a time and a place to, to kind of have your privacy and enjoy it. Financial mm-hmm. transactions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a financial ecosystem of which can mean the difference between you being able to to put 
food on your plate or not. I, I believe you know that's not where you want any anonymous any anonymity right. um, in any way, shape, or form. And you want to make sure that if you're interacting with with a contract, the same as if you're interacting with a business, you know who are they? What's backing mm-hmm. this? And and mm-hmm. you know the FOMO is is um, is real. I mean, it truly is. Yeah. And yeah. and that's a human nature that's never going to, going to going to go away, which is why there's regulations on there's there's a Better Business Bureau, there's an attorney right. generals, there's a lot of things in place to make sure that consumers aren't defrauded um, by people that have thought about it a lot longer than they have. Right, right. You know, also Jay, I, I think about the leadership failure of, of what just happened right now. You know, and if we think about our um, our our community um, in, in YPO, uh, a lot of us joined this organization. Um, when we were younger and knowing that we needed support, mentorship, community, um, wise individuals around us to support us as we were venturing into a new, a new leadership journey. And apparently there was just a complete lack of, of, of that in, in this situation, you know, um, for, for any new leaders out there, you, you have to have some type of mentorship. You have to have, and particularly if you're dealing with billions of dollars in, 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 in customer assets, there has to be some level of accountability there, you know, to protect yourself. Yeah, I, I, I have a feeling we're going to find out how deep this fraud is um, in yeah. the next in the next few weeks to months um, because there's there's some things that that existed um there's documents of which are, are shown mm. that were falsified uh and and you know so so they had they had gap audits like you, yeah. you're familiar yeah. with this like a gap audit yeah. is like a gap audit is a gap audit there's these are these are cpas and cfas that are yeah. risking their entire reputation to sign off on this um yeah. there there is a mountain of, of paperwork uh, and paper trails uh, that will lead to to you know fraud uh, there's there's yeah. no way around this I think the New York Times got got everything hundred percent wrong um, mm-hmm. it was really clearly indicative of, of how big uh, this iceberg and how deep it goes uh, if yeah. you have the New York Times writing a puff piece and saying it wasn't Sam's fault oh yeah um, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's a that's a big mess yeah, and that's an indication of the proximity to the regulators, the proximity to elected officials, which is really concerning. Yeah. So yeah. let's 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 throw in a little bit of you know hypothetical. <clears throat> if mm-hmm. ENS, um, and and again, not Corey, but if ENS could propose common sense regulations to this industry Ooh. to help you know and any level of adoption, um, yeah. do you have an? And this is off the top of your head. You're not prepared for this. Is there anything that yeah. you can think of that would just help create a, a level playing field for all uh, entrepreneurs in the space? Yeah, yeah. So at, at a very high level, and uh, you know, I, I'm starting to delve a little bit more into the, the details of, of regulation. Um, but a high level, I think first and foremost, let's secure the stablecoin, right? And, and and let's get stablecoin regulation right. Let's have organizations that are regulated, reserves verified, liabilities verified, but at least that sector. Let's let's get that right because we in DeFi we all use new stable coins, you know. So I, I think that's a, a low hanging fruit. It's a digital dollar. We should be able to figure that out. All right. The other thing that can, that can sorry, go ahead. No, no, I, I love that answer. And let's take a second on that one before we get to your second one because the idea that that consumers feel safe to stay in in blockchain. Is is one mm-hmm. of the keys, and right now we've seen, you know, uh, from from our peak uh, of three trillion dollars as an asset class, we're, we're down to about nine hundred million or nine hundred billion. Um, mm-hmm. And and the reality is, is because people did not feel safe in stablecoins, um, right. yeah. and and that concept needs to change because if we the amount of time it took us to get to that three trillion dollar number um, was mm-hmm. was twelve years, um, mm-hmm. and and yeah. you know it, it's going to take a lot. It's not going to take as long to get there, but we want to make sure that money in the market stays in the market even if they want to go risk off right right yeah and and i think that's the that's the way to go and there's so many different people who are working on that this fds situation has set us back um definitely but i I do hope in the new year we can start to make make progress there another thing jay that i'd like to see is clear protections for developers Mm-hmm. Think about what happened with with Tornado Cash, yes, um, and the and the concerns that open source developers uh, have. We're 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 building products and services that anyone can use, but the idea that we could be potentially liable 
um, for a third party using our service, that's that's problematic. So some protections for for developers as well. The the other thing, like we we need to understand that um, it, it's a new world. Crypto is it's a different it's a different asset class. It is not as cut and dry as a typical security. Right? We have to get good. Uh, intelligent heads in the room to hammer out what should regulation look like for a cryptocurrency at um, asset because there are individuals talking about wanting to regulate NFTs. I mean, it, it, and, and NFT, no. it, yeah. It, when I hear things like this all the time, it, it makes it very clear to whoever's speaking that they have no concepts of what they're talking about. You, you, yeah. re- regulating, you know, NFTs is is like regulating, you know. <laughs> JPEGs. I mean, you're, you're, what, what you've defined a term. You want to regulate cars? That's great. Well, how, mm-hmm. why, what, what definition is it a car? Is it a motorcycle? Is it an airplane? You're, you're, you want to, you know, regulate motor vehicles. That, that's fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we need to understand are there, are there different types? Is there, there's many different mm-hmm. types. And, and no offense, the space is evolving so quickly. I think, regu- you know, too tough of regulation right now will stifle an industry, which we've already yeah. seen has pri- primarily moved offshores. Um, I yeah. will clearly say on this call and, and defend that the United States is being left behind in innovation mm-hmm. in Web3 technologies because yes. we, we lack the ability to allow the asset class, class to grow in any meaningful capacity. Um, mm-hmm. That doesn't mean, you know, let it go do whatever it is. Um, you want to contain them as much as you can. But when we think about Web1 and why why Amazon is the behemoth it is today. Um, mm-hmm. Regulators go, you know what? You're online. You don't have to adhere to this brick and mortar sales tax thing yeah. that we we make everyone else do. So we're gonna we're gonna give you an opportunity to let this asset class grow because we see mm-hmm. something about it in the future that that could be good for all of mankind. Um, yep. I see yep. those same those same you know kind of. Uh, mythical uh, creatures floating around in Web3. Like, these are good for, for humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we can't let them grow, if we can't let them prosper, um, we're never going to know what their true potential ever is. Yeah, yeah. And we have an issue with uh, sort of the generational mindset. You know, who, who are the individuals that are regulating right now? And what generation are, are, are they a part of and what has been their experience? You know, we, we talked earlier about this generation coming, uh, coming up being digital native. Um, are our kids playing, um, Minecraft and, uh, using tokens? Um, like they, they, they get the space and they understand the space. But unfortunately, I, I think a lot of regulators are trapped in a fifties and sixties mindset. Um, so. Another yeah. another huge problem. We we need other ideas at the table um, when when discussing regulation. Hundred percent, Corey. Again, really amazing. You know, perspectives on on the the asset class, where it came from, where it's going, and and there's just so much happening here, especially with regulation. You know, kind of looming over us right now. Um, there's probably mm-hmm. going to be a little bit less. Uh, you know, eyes on DeFi right now because because CFI is uh, is is melting uh. down as we see it. Um, but let's kind of talk a little bit uh, as we lead towards a close here. You know, where do you see ENS going? Like, what's some of the big kind of projects or, or thoughts on your roadmap? And then also, yeah. you know, kind of in conjunction with that, where do you see you um, see kind of Web three going in, in over the next five plus years? Yeah, great, great. So, with regard to, to ENS, as I mentioned earlier, we we haven't really had a sustained marketing and PR effort. So, over the next year, over the next couple years you're going to start seeing more uh, marketing uh, from us um, in a wide variety of places. And I'm really excited about some of the strategic marketing efforts we are, we're planning right now. So I, I think one of the things that has to happen is educating the market, educating normies about, about ENS. So you're definitely going to see that. Um, we're going to be creating a, a normie on-ramp. Yeah. <laughs> right? A normie on-ramp to, to, to Web3 uh, to make it easier to uh, purchase a domain, get assigned your, your Ethereum address, and um, prepare people to engage in, in Web3. We want more high-quality integrations. Uh, we talked about the, the Coinbase uh, integration that we, that we just had. So yep. you're going to see more of those coming down, coming down the pipeline. Um, and then also very interested in, in web two integrations. People are using Twitter 
are using their ENS domain in Twitter, but let, let's actually integrate it into the platform and then some of the other social media companies um, as well. So I think we can look forward to seeing some of those integrations um, start to start to happen. Um, right now, ENS doesn't um, naturally resolve into a browser. You can use .link, right? So ywales.eth.link uh, or, or .limo to, to display. Um, but we, we'd like to see more browser integrations um, so uh, your, your .eth can resolve onto, um, onto the browser. That's fabulous. You know, and, and it's one of those things that, that you know, Web3 is an entire kind of rebuild of Web1 web in, in a certain, you know, aspect. Like, it's not an evolution, you know, Web2 was kind of like, hey, we're going to take a bunch of the stuff, migrate it to the cloud, make it work on on some different, uh, some different screen sizes and, and a variety of other things, depending on how you look at it. Um, Web3... <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we've got to really start almost over from scratch and, and fix some of the mm-hmm. sins of, of Web <laughs> One that we just didn't know where we were going. No one anticipated mm-hmm. that every microwave and and you know uh, you know outlet in your entire house was going to need an IP address um, mm-hmm. and then be interacting yeah. with you in some way. And so the, this concept of kind of digital ownership, digital ID, um, is all things that that that. Web3 solves very, very well. This is my house. These are all the assets inside my house. Um, I don't want to use a third-party platform. I can use it. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't want to have to rebuild my entire house's smart smart systems um, just because I, I switched ISPs or, or, or want to use a different different provider. Right, right. You know, you think about our, our name, Ethereum Name Service. You know, in the future, you can think of us as the, the everything name service. Yep. Because uh, we believe anything that's digitally connected, uh, connected to the internet, anything that has an IP address, a serial number, I think there's an opportunity for human readable names to assign ownership, assign identity. So that's a, another step that, that, you know, I, I think we can, we can work towards the everything name, everything name service. But for, for web three, a couple things have to happen, right? Um, one, we do have to make sure that we have a safe, secure, and simple on-ramp. Right? Safe, secure, and simple. And I think the best way for that is to assign people an ENS address, get them started with, a, with an Ethereum address. And of course, you can add any number of cryptocurrencies to your, to your ENS address. And then you enter the space that way. That identity you can use across all Web3 properties. You know, when you log into... Prior to us, when you logged into a particular DAP, you know you would see your your Ethereum address. But with the res- re- reverse resolver, you can now see your .eth when you log into to various uh, various accounts. But I, I do think that on ramp is important, and we have to do a better job of educating about Web three hygiene. When you think about centralized exchanges versus versus DeFi, we use centralized exchanges for on ramp for on and for off ramp, but you you secure your coins, you secure your bags, um, you self custody, right? Like that, that's what we should be talking about. Yeah, no, I, the, the concept of owning your identity yeah. is. Been, people have tried numerous times. You know, you can own your identity on this. You can own your identity on that. But we're truly talking about you know real ownership here, and and the idea that logins are no longer owned um, by by these these services. So you know, you've got a Facebook yeah. login, a Twitter login, a you know Instagram login, um, and and a variety of others, and and essentially they own your identity. Like they, they mm-hmm. you're they're allowing you access to their system, but if it's so such a time they decide not to, you know, all of your data is gone, all of your data is lost. And so if you're on yes. Twitter and, and you say something that that the Twitter gods don't agree with, um, you know, free speech be damned, they're they're gonna go ahead and remove mm-hmm. you from from that system and everything that you've done to date is is owned by them and they're gonna tell you it's it's theirs and you can't access it anymore. The concept that right. that Twitter says, "Hey, you know, we we don't want Jay on our on our platform anymore, and I can take my these are my tweets, these are my this is my concept, and move it to a different service. Um, mm-hmm. I want to go on to uh, you know somewhere else um, without kind of pe- losing where I am and who I am. I've put time, energy, yes. money into my handles. I put time, energy, and resources into into building this this I- online identity." Um, yes. that, that, you know, Hey, these are private companies and they can say no, but also they can't say that I, I no longer exist. And, and the work that I put in is, is just gone. I think that's one of the biggest things that I'm excited to see you solve, uh, over the next decade. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. This, this per- permissionless piece is, is so key. And the fact that anyone can build on top of ENS 
And in terms of distributed ledger technology in general, um, anyone can can make a make an app um, and and build something. And you can port, as you're saying, port all of your interactions, port all of your informations from project to project, and really own your your identity. Um, and and yeah, I think that alone it fixes one of the greatest sins of, of Web One, Web Two. Awesome, love it, love it, Corey. Um, people want to get involved in the DAO. They want to get involved in ENS. Where, where's the best way to kind of uh, find everything you guys are doing? Yeah, so so please, please, the um, ENS domains is a great place to go to to learn about us and 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 get started on Twitter. We're ENS. We're at ENS domains, um, and you'll be able to find about find out about all of our activities. Um, the DAO has a robust engagement. Um, calendar, uh, so several meetings every week, and then the community as well. Once you once you start to follow the hashtag ENS um, tag on Twitter, you will see a ton of activity. But community members um, host many times daily. There's an ENS update that happens daily at eleven p eleven a.m. Eastern time, uh, where community members talk about what's happening um, in the ecosystem and, and in the space. So tune in. I love that. The rate of innovation in, in the space is unlike anything I've ever seen before. Because it doesn't mm-hmm. matter how amazing your startup is, doesn't matter how amazing your technology is, having a community that is is deathly loyal to to yes. your mission and vision um, and yeah. solidifying those values is unlike anything we've seen today. I mean, to have shareholder yeah. voices um, actively engaged from an early startup level and, and beyond is, is a concept of which that we're going to look back on and say, how did we ever deal without this? How did we ever right. create businesses um, without our consumers direct feedback uh, along the way and I, I'm really excited for you yeah. Corey I, I, I entirely endorse uh, what what ENS is doing um, and for all the Y whales out there um, any cons any any kind of questions comments concerns you know where to find uh, uh, Mr. Whitaker and ENS and we really look forward to uh, to your future involvement in Y whales all right thanks so much Jay great to be here with you awesome take care see you guys next time Why Whales was founded in 2021 by Jay Steinbach, a passionate entrepreneur and business owner with the purpose of bringing YPO and YNG members together in the cryptoverse. Why Whales is a collaborative and confidential community centered around cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology, an exclusive crypto hub of more than 600 members. To be notified when we release new content, please subscribe to our show in your preferred listening app. For more information, visit www.ywhales.com. YWhales is not affiliated with YPO, but at this time only allow for YPO, YPO Gold, and YNG members due to privacy and confidentiality. Support and production for today's episode was done by Truthwork Media. Nothing in the podcast constitutes professional and or financial advice, nor does any information on the podcast constitute a comprehensive or complete statement of the matters discussed or the law relating thereto.